All right, folks. The time is here. Opening week. Week one. We're back. A new season. New new situations. The fans are back in the stands, unlike last year. A lot of interesting and intriguing stuff to go on. Storylines and everything else. We are ready to give you, for 18 weeks of regular season, chances to show what we are about to talk about this game and the games that are up upon us this afternoon and every Sunday moving forward. So quickly, your takes on the opening week. Well, we got the, uh, you know, we got a little bit, a little taste on Thursday, you know, and now it's time for the, 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 the main course, you know. It's, we've been talking for a month now about who could be good and who's going who's gonna to do this and who's going to do that. And now it's, it's time, man. It's time. Time to put up or shut up for these players, you know. Yes. All right. Like I said, for people who are new to this, this is our fourth season doing this. We, we're going to have your, you're gonna have your lack of the week, my game of the week, and something new this year, and in the most intriguing matchup, an intriguing matchup of the day. That's new this year. But we start, as usual, with our unanimous choice. And unfortunately, when you look at, the, at all these games today, 14 today, there's only one true unanimous choice, and we, but we'll give you two, but we're going to give you two. The one that we obviously agree on the most is San Francisco and their bounce back season, a chance to go far this year. They're they're in Detroit, and they'll be coming here to Philly next week, but they're in Detroit today, and we expect them to pretty much roll on them within the first few minutes of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one thing with that game is, um, you know, my my lock of the week isn't just like a game that I think is going to win. I pick I pick against the spread, so it's really like uh, the if there's a game I'm going to put money on, it would be that game. And I, I thought about making it this one, but it's not really an interesting game. So I tried to pick a game that's a little bit more interesting. But this is this should this should be a blowout, and San Fran should cover that spread easy. It's nine points. Yeah. Now, we looked around at other games, and the other one we came up with is, well, the first of many reunion games, and that is, you know, the Jets. Sam Darnold gets to play his old team right away as he's now in Carolina, and they're hosting the Jets today. That is our second unanimous choice. Yeah, yeah that, that's uh that's pretty much a lock, too. All right. Let's start off here. We're going to go as quickly as we can. That's our goal. That's what we – well, I can't promise, but what we telling y'all that we're going to do this year compared to in previous years. The first game is the debut of Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, a, a polished core back in college, a national champion, a Heisman contender. Now he's in the NFL. And he makes his NFL debut today in Houston against the Texans, who we both agree probably will be the worst team in the NFL this year, possibly. So go ahead with this first matchup. Yeah, this one um, I'll go quick on. I'm not going to waste time because other than the fact that it's Trevor Lawrence's first game and, you know, people may be curious to see Urban Meyer, what he does. But other than that, there's nothing interesting about this game. Two, they're two bad teams. Like you said, the Texans could be the worst. I think Detroit's worse than them, but we'll see. Either way, Jacksonville will win this game. Um, 
that Trevor Lawrence I thought might have a a bit of a not bad but up and down rookie year. But this is going to be one of the up games for him, easy. So um, Jacksonville wins this one. Final score, I'm going to say 33-20. Well, like I said, there's a lot of intrigue and excitement in Jacksonville. Like I said, they might have a franchise quarterback potentially for the first time in Lawrence. Urban Meyer makes his NFL coaching debut. Like I said, there's a lot of questions if he can be a good head coach. Like I said, some college coaches have got it done in the pros and some haven't. So we're going to see what he's about. Obviously for Houston, they have not had easy offseason Obviously, they haven't had it easy at all. Deshaun Watson's still on this team, but unfortunately, but unfortunately, his troubles in the offseason has obviously put him in the doghouse, and he remains hostage by this franchise. He is now on the commissioner exempt list, so he is eligible to play, but he's not playing. Tyrod Taylor is starting. And obviously, like I said, we'll see what happens here. Like I said, I think Jacksonville will get off to a strong start. Houston will try to make it interesting, but I don't think they're that good. So I, I got Jacksonville winning as well, and the final score, 24 to 10. All right. Like I said, another young quarterback that was obviously number one pick in his draft, Joe Burrow, he returns from a major injury last year. The Bengals, like I said, a lot on the line here this year for them. You know, there's expectations for the first time in a few years in that in that town. The Vikings come in very similar. A lot, a lot of questions about Kirk Cousins' future moving forward. You know, they got to get it done. There's going to be quarterbacks coming in 2022 that might replace him if, if the Vikings don't make it to the postseason this year. So a lot to think about when you're – if you're if you're the Bengals and the and the Vikings, questions on both sides. Go ahead. Well, this is um, there's a lot of U.S. or LSU players on this team playing today. Um, we got Justin Jefferson going up against his former teammates and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase making his NFL debut. He um, you know he didn't have a great preseason in training camp. There were a lot of drops. So. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to correct that quick. But nonetheless, the talent is obviously there. But other than him, Cincinnati has a really good young receiving staff. You know, besides Jamar Chase, they also have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Um, so they got some young talent on the team. The problem with them is one, their defense is horrible, and two, their offensive line is bad. So Joe Burrow is gonna have to get the ball out quick this year. Um, Minnesota side. They're a pretty similar team to what they were last year. Like you said, um, Kirk Cousins is back again. The loser, you know, we know what he is. Um, Justin Jefferson's got a set another year, a year of experience. He could be even better than he was last year, which was great. And, um, you know, Anthony Thielen's back. Dalvin Cook's back and healthy again for now anyway. So their offense will be good. Their defense is pretty similar to what it was last year, in my opinion, just which is bad. So... That plays in the hands of Cincinnati, so I do expect it to be a high-scoring game. Um, but in the end, I think uh, Minnesota's offensive line is what will help win them this game. They'll be able to um, uh, create a lot more holes for the, for, um, the running game for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison than um, the Bengals' offensive line will be able to create for for um, um, damn, uh, Joe Mixon. 
<laughs> forgot his name for a second. Oh, you like um, me now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be this game's going to be going to be one with uh, the team that can control the clock and run the ball, and I think that's going to be Minnesota. So, I got the Vikings with the victory here, and a final score is going to be, uh, I'm say thirty-four thirty. Well, I said these are two teams with a lot to look into this year. Like I said, Minnesota with uh, with Kirk Cousins. This is the third. This is the fourth season. He's only made the playoffs once in in three years. Like I said, that's not the expectations that they expected out of him. And obviously, like I said, Justin Jefferson was is the receiver that broke the rookie record yards record in twenty twenty. Obviously, they run the ball with Dalvin Cook and all those guys. It should be interesting to see the defensively they got Emerson Griffin back. That should be interesting to see how he does. But like I said, there's a lot to to put there for them. For uh, like I said, for Cincinnati, it's a critical year. They have a, they have the talent to win games to make the playoffs. They're in a very tough division. But if you're Zach, if you're Zach Taylor, this is a big big year for you. This is your third. This is your third season. In his first two years there, he is 6-25-1 as a head coach. He cannot afford another losing season because for head coaches, you only get three years. It's not five years like it used to be. So this is a very critical year for him. He could be he's on a, he's one of the ten coaches on the hot seat going into going into the season. He's got a good chance. Burrow stays healthy. Obviously, this team could obviously put put some wins together and, and make it interesting, especially in the AFC North. But obviously, we'll see what happens there. So, like I said, as far as this matchup today, it should be a trenches game. But I'm going to go with the home team here. I think that when I look at when I look at what's going on, Minnesota's you know they aren't really good on the road as they as they think they are. So, I think that I think the Bengals will 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 get back to to going because last year Burrow was getting was about to come into his own when he had the when he had the injury so like I said we'll see what happens today but the Bengals win and the final score 20 27 24 okay okay all right we're going to go to another interesting matchup there's a lot of interesting matchups today like I said I mean, there could be a lot of blowouts, but really, if you look on paper and and on my board, there's a lot of good matchups today. And the next one we're going to go to is obviously Tennessee and and Arizona. Like I said, a lot of question marks there, but like I said, the the debut of Julio Jones. Tennessee obviously won the division last year. Arizona choked away a playoff spot in the division last year. A lot of question marks go ahead with this matchup. Yeah, so um, these two teams, yeah, they, they, in a way, they, they brought in, well, not in a way they did, but they both tried to upgrade their offense by bringing in an older receiver who just, um, they, who both, both receivers happened, that they brought in happened to go in the same draft and both went really high. Um, Arizona brought in A.J. Green, who he seems to be at the end of the line here, but, you know, he was a superstar receiver for a while and um, Tennessee brought in Julio Jones and who can still play um, Julio obviously is going to be the number two receiver on this team with uh, with A.J. Brown there but 
that that's going to give Tennessee a really good offense when you factor in the way Tannehill has played the last year and a half, and when you factor in the fact that they have the number one running back in the league in Derrick Henry. On top of that, Tennessee, their Achilles heel last year was that their defense was bad, so they do have six new starters on defense this year, so we'll see how that turns out for them. If they can get that defense to be top ten, they could be a Super Bowl contender. So we'll see. Arizona, I'm not too thrilled with as a a team. You know, they went 8-8 last year. I think they're approximately a 500 team again this year. I just don't think, I just don't see a lot of growth there. And like I said, when we talked the other day and we're talking about the teams, this isn't going to be the last run for um, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. But I think when they go 7 and, well, which 8 and 9 now, when they go like, say, 8 and 9 or maybe 9 and 8 after this year and they miss the playoffs again, I think next year he's going to be on the hot seat. But for this game, I think uh, I think Tennessee is looking good, man. I think they're looking good. I think they're going to get after um, they're going to get after um, Kyler Murray with that defense. I think that offensive line on Arizona is pretty bad, and um, Tennessee is just going to do what they do, man. They're going to feed Derrick Henry, control the clock, make some big plays in the passing game, and they're going to they're going to cruise here. It's not going to be an easy win, but they're going to they're going to. Keep it tight. It'll be a tight game for the first half or so, but as the game goes on, I think Tennessee pulls away and wins by two scores. So, Tennessee, final score, I'm going to say 31-20. Well, looking at this, these two teams, like I said, Arizona, like I said, the Larry Fitzgerald era might be officially over. Like I said, he's basically, he hasn't officially retired, but he's not on the roster right now, and He's vying his options. A.J. Green joining. We don't know how much he has left in the tank. He had a major injury in 2019 that he's still recovering from. He hasn't really fully recovered from that injury. And obviously, like I said, it's a critical year for Clips Kingsbury and for Kyler Murray. This is year three. They made progress last year, but they also fell apart as well, it, 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 it seems. So, like I said, in a tough division, you know, eight and nine – in most divisions won't be last place, but that will definitely be last place in, the, in there. So they they need to get their ass together here to this year if they have a if they have a legit chance to even make the playoffs. For Tennessee, like I said, the defense wasn't very good last year. It obviously showed itself up at times. They weren't going to go far in the playoffs because of it, and they didn't. Obviously, you know, the offensively they bring in Julio Jones, who still obviously can still contribute. And obviously will help AJ Brown. AJ Brown might be might even have a chance to lead all receivers and receiving yards because of, of Julio. You know, but this this year is going to be interesting. Derrick Henry's back, obviously with, you know, he he ran for over two thousand yards in twenty twenty, and obviously everything looks right there. And like I said, it's going to be a battle for a while. But like I said, I I, I do trust the home team here with Tennessee. They'll get off to a good start here. Arizona, it's going to be it's going to be difficult to to come on the road and win out here. You know, like I said it's not been easy for in the clean in the Murray Kingsbury era on the road anyway to, to begin with. So I'm going to go with the Titans here, and the final score, thirty four to twenty four. All right, we're going to go to a later afternoon game, and obviously we're going to go into our favorite division, the division we know the most, the NFC East or least as it was last year, even though Cowboys did show a great 
showing on Thursday night, that doesn't mean everybody else is going to have the same. The Giants, like I said, last year was a tough year, another double-digit loss season. Now they're, they're home, they're their expectations. They're playing the Broncos, a very critical year for them. You think they're a playoff team. You thought they would be a, a championship-caliber team if they got Aaron Rodgers, but they didn't. But they're still a playoff contending team with, with the roster. Von Miller's back. Big matchup here in the late afternoon, so go ahead. Yeah, so um, with this one, like, yeah, like you just said, I thought Den- I think Denver has the makings of a Super Bowl team if they had a, a legitimate top 10 quarterback. Unfortunately, they don't. So they're almost, to me, they're sort of in the same position as the, um, the Rams last year. You know, the Rams had a, the number one defense in the NFL. They had a, a good offensive players around their quarterback, and they had Jared Goff. Same same deal with the uh, with the um, Broncos. I don't know that they have the number one defense, but they do have a really good defense, and they got a ton of talent on the offensive side. But they're stuck with Teddy Bridgewater, who just like Goff is at best. Well, I, I guess Bridgewater might be a little bit better than Goff, but nonetheless, he's he's just an average starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, he's not even top fifteen. So it's uh, it's it's too bad for them. But hey. You know, they're, they're building something out there. The Giants, they got a bad starting quarterback, let's face it. <laughs> you know, Daniel Jones, he's, he's just he's a bum. Let's face the facts, man. They're going to give him one more shot to prove himself, and they surrounded him with a bunch of wide receivers. You know, they already had um, Darius Slayton in there. They went out, they signed um, Kenny Galladay. They signed John Ross, who's already injured. And then they drafted Kadarius Toney, so... You know, they, they brought in a ton of receivers, but their offensive line's still bad. Saquon Barkley's coming off a major injury. I don't know what, exactly what to expect out of him. I just think uh, I, I just think Daniel Jones is a turnover machine, and he's not that good. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is at least competent. You know, he's not, he's not bad. He's just not great. And he'll take care of the ball. He'll hit the open receivers. And, um, and that defense will do the rest, and that's really all they need against the Giants. So... I think I got Denver winning this game with a final score of 24-17. Yeah, this is very important for the Giants because, you know, they didn't win the division last year as a double-digit loss team. Like I said, there's four straight years of that. Joe Judge, you know, like I said, we'll see if he's really a good head coach or not. This is a critical year. They're much more talented this year, especially offensively. Defensively, they have the best secondary in the in the, in, the, in the division, like I said, you know, the, the excuse is what's going to happen with uh, with Daniel Jones in this O-line. That's their weak point. And if they still struggle and they still can't get, get out of the way and stuff, it's going to be another long season. And unlike last year, 6-10 and 10 is not going to put you in contention come Christmas. So if you're, if you're a Giant, you need to get off to a strong start. You have a favorable matchup. But the Broncos are a team that, like I said, you, you're right. They're they're going to be a team that's going to be coming up this year. They, they have a chance to potentially be a wild card team. Though the AFC is very, very difficult. Last year, 10 wins didn't even get you into the playoffs for one team in that conference. It's going to be very difficult. 11 wins is probably going to be the case. I don't think this team is good enough to win 11, but I think that if they get off to a strong start, that will help them down the stretch. 
Like I said, Teddy Bridgewater is an upgrade from Drew Locke. Obviously, John Elway struggles with had to, he had to step down, and obviously here here we are. This team, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Like I said, Cortland Sutton's back from a major injury. You know they have Noah Fant. So like I said, I think the Broncos they're they're built for a for a potential run, and I think that they'll do what they have to do today. I just don't think the Giants have enough to hang with them in the long term. So I, I have the Broncos winning this game as well, and the final score thirty three to twenty. Okay. Now. Okay. Now here's a here's probably the toughest matchup. Vegas had it at as a pick'em game for mo- and it still is considered a pick'em game. The other NFC's team, Washington. You know, W WFT as I call them now. Obviously the Chargers and Justin Herbert coming off a, a record setting year where he led where he broke the touchdown passing mark for for rookies. And the Chargers, like the Broncos, have playoff expectations this year. So, like I said, critical matchup here and what could be the potential game of the day. This is not my game of the week, but it's a potential game of the day. So, go ahead with this matchup. Yeah, so this um, is an interesting game between two, not Super Bowl contenders, but two teams that could potentially be in the playoffs. Um, Like you said, Justin Herbert had a, a great rookie season last year. Obviously, he was Offensive Rookie of the Year, had 31 touchdown passes, which was a rookie record. Another record, rookie record was um, he had eight games of 300-plus yards passing. Um, and he's going up against the Defensive Rookie of the, of the Year in, in um, um, Chase Young, who, by the way, when we talked the other day, he was my pick to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, but he did help Washington's defense take a major step forward. They were the number two defense in the NFL. So they're going to, they're going to, um, Justin Herbert's going to have his hands full, hands full, and that defense for the Redskins is going to have to step it up because, let's face it, their offense isn't that good. Um, Brian Fitzpatrick's in there at quarterback now. I don't see that being really anything special. Um, he's a guy that every once in a while will have a big game. But in between those couple of big games a year, he's a bum, you know. And uh, unfortunately, we've seen him in Philly have big games against us a number of times. But he's not playing Philly. He's playing the Chargers, who actually have a pretty good defense, um, at least talent-wise, I should say. You know, they've underperformed over the last few years defensively. But they did bring in Brandon Staley as their head coach, who was the defense coordinator for the Rams who, like I said, had the number one defense in the NFL. So I think he's going to help turn that defense around. I think another year of experience for Justin Herbert, he'll take another step forward in his development. Um, They still have Melvin Gordon at running back, which guy's never been um, anything that I've been to. Or no, I'm thinking Denver. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, but they have Austin Eckler at running back, who, who, you know, he's a guy that's good in the passing game, but he is injury prone. But um, um, you know, is what it is. I think they're a passing team. They really are a passing team, I should say. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for. Uh, um, 
I'm looking for Fitzpatrick to not have a good game today. I think he's going he's gonna to get harassed by that defense. And I think Justin Herbert, while he's not going to throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns, he won't, he won't do that. But he'll have a decent enough game to win. And I'm going with the Chargers here for the final score of 23-20. Well, this could be, even though it's not your lock of the week or my game of the week, this could be the game of the day. Like I said, Vegas has been very, very bullish on picking. On picking, it. At one point, it was a straight down the middle. So, like I said, this could, it's going to be a competitive game. Obviously, there's a lot. Washington won this division by default last year, but they have made some changes. Their defense is going to be legit this year. And obviously, they brought in Fitzpatrick. In his last chance to make the playoffs in his career, this is his 17th season, but this is his ninth franchise. So we're going to see how good they are. Taylor Heineke is, has played well in preseason. So, like I said, he would be a reliable backup, and I'm sure he'll get a few starts as well this year. For the Chargers, like I said, their defense wasn't that good last year, and that's why they didn't make the playoffs. Obviously, they, they, if they, you know, you bring in Brandon Staley, who's a very good defensive guy, and that's going to really help that deep, that defense. They already got stuff going well. They already got stuff going well, obviously for for the Chargers offensively, and and I think this is going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. It's going to, you know, they're going to, you know, Austin Eckler is going to run the ball. Antonio Gibson is going to run the ball very well for Washington. So obviously, it's going to come down to probably the last snap of the game. And I and I'm going to agree with Washington with uh, I'm going to agree with um, with Vegas. I think it's going to be a, a right down the middle kind of game, and it's going to come down to the last possession. And I'm going to go with the Chargers here. I think the Chargers win this game, and the final score twenty four to twenty three. All right, like I said, a lot of we're gonna we're gonna jump to the to the Monday night game because. Obviously, we don't have any your, – your team, the Ra- Raiders, we don't have a lot of expectations for them. And the Ravens have had a really, really rough week. They're coming off of their – hey, the Eagles are wearing their midnight green today. That's odd. But anyway, like I said, for the Ravens, they've had a really rough week. They've lost all their running backs, every one of those running backs, to torn knees, to torn ACLs and Achilles. And they even lost Marcus Peters as well on top of that. Obviously, for the for them, it's it's going to be interesting. They signed Le'Veon Bell, who may who will start next week, and then obviously they brought in uh, Devontae Friedman, who will, and then Latavius Murray. They'll be in the lineup tomorrow night. Obviously, it'll be interesting. Like I said, the Raiders, they're going to finally have fans in the stands. You know, with Vegas, first time for Vegas, and obviously a big matchup. But what will the Ra- Ravens do in an unexpected change? in their running game. So go ahead. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like you said, the, the Ravens have had a tough preseason. They've lost not just one, but two, their top two running backs. And they've gone on a, a free agent signing spree of old washed-up has-beens to replace them. So <laughs> we're looking at guys like um, – Latavius Murray, who actually still might have a little bit left, but other than that, you know, Devontae Freeman, um, Le'Veon Bell, we're, it's not looking too good for Baltimore at the, at the moment, at least for their offense. They still have a good D. The Raiders' defense is horrible, though, and um, 
I'm expecting them to be pretty bad this year. Their offensive line it was really good last year for the Raiders, but they they got rid of a number of offensive linemen and didn't really replace them. I'm expecting their offensive line to be pretty bad, which is really going to hurt them because they don't have a great quarterback. And, you know, they brought in some receivers, but they would have been better off spending money on to keep the offensive line good and bring in some young receivers. Likewise, their defense is awful. So um, I think even though the Ravens are going to be hurting that running back this year and that's their bread and butter is running the ball, I think uh, I'm looking for a good game today out of Lamar Jackson. And I just think the, the Raiders are just going to be one of the one of the they're, they're going to be picking in the top ten next year. Let's just say it like that. They're, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. So um, Baltimore for at least one week looks pretty good. So Ravens win this one. Final score is going to be thirty-six to seventeen. Well, like I said it's been a rough week for for Baltimore. Like I said, all the running backs, you know, Gus Edwards. You know, he, he, you know, they already lost J.K. Dobbins after the preseason game, and then they lost Gus Edwards and Justin Hill, and then they lose Marcus Peters, two of them on the very same day. And like I said it's a mess right now. They're scrambling. They're signing running backs. They have to learn the system because most of these running backs may not even fit what they do offensively and how Lamar Jackson executes. Lamar wants to be more of a passer, and we'll see how this works. You know, obviously. You know, he didn't ask for this. Nobody on the team or the fans asked for that. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they they view tomorrow night. For the Raiders, like I said, there's there's a lot of ex. You know, you know, last year was tough, but you know they didn't really make any changes. John Gruden and his overrated ass is back, and another season of Derek Carr, and this is their fourth season together, and the magic isn't there. They did. They just didn't have. They had, you know, they've choked away two would-be playoff appearances in the last two years, and now, you know, the expectations are are not very good. This division is much better. The Chargers and the Broncos are going to be better this year, and you already know about the Chiefs. So, it's going to be a rough year for for the Raiders, and and I think that, you know, even though they're at home and they may have some momentum, and the Ravens may not may feel vulnerable for what they've been through this past week. I don't think it's going to go, go matter in the long run. I think the Raver, Raider, Ravens will win this game pretty handily, and the final score of this game will be thirty to twenty. Okay. All right, we're going to go to a late afternoon game. Obviously, you know if you've been living under a rock, Green Bay. It's been quiet there with Aaron Rodgers. You know he hasn't really said much, but. It, the rumors are it might be true. This could be his final season in Green Bay, potentially in his career. Who knows? Who knows with, with Rodgers? Today they go to play the Saints, and they and it's the end of the Drew Brees era. He now works at NBC, and it's Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, getting the start there. And we'll see if he'll stay the quarterback, barring injury, for all six, 17 games. Now note, Hurricane Ida hit this area. It obviously hit New Orleans, so we were affected. We obviously were affected. We were supposed to debut September 1st. There was no show because of, of Ida and the storms. Unfortunately for the Saints, they're not playing in the Superdome, at least temporarily. They're in Jacksonville Stadium today in Florida, so 
be notes when you're watching this game today why they're playing in a neutral site. So go ahead with this matchup. Yeah, so um, like you said, Aaron Rodgers, this could be his last year with the team. It could also be um, Devontae Adams last year with the team. He's a free agent after this year. They haven't really made any progress with signing him. So we'll see. We'll see if either or both are back after this year. But for one more year, they're bringing the band back. And um, we haven't really gotten to see much from them in the preseason. They've re- they rested pretty much all their key starters for all three games. So we haven't seen much from Green Bay. But at the same time, we saw them last year. They came close to making it to the Super Bowl, but couldn't get past Tom Brady. And, um, you know, they should be back in the mix this year. James Winston is now starting for the Saints. And... Um, We'll see how that turns out. You know, Sean Payton, when he, he when he was a young coach in this league, he went out. He signed a somewhat high, highly drafted quarterback. He was in, in Drew Brees, who showed some talent with his original team, but didn't really live up to expectations. He ended up being going to New Orleans and being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, you know, Sean Payton's hoping that history repeats itself here with James Winston, but. I don't see it happening, man. I just, I've never been a big fan of Jameis Winston, and, you know, he just, he's, he's just missing, he doesn't have the it factor, man. He's just missing it, man. And he's a turnover machine on top of it. So, um, this game, yeah, um, I, I just don't see New Orleans being able to beat Green Bay, man. Like I said, I, I think Jameis Winston is going to be a disappointment. And even if they bench him at some point this year and start, Taysom Hill, you know, that's going to be even worse. That guy's just not a quarterback. But um, either way, Green Bay's going to win this one. Aaron Rodgers is going to get off to a great start to his final season with the team, and um, they're going to be 1-0. So Green Bay wins this one with a final score of 37-24. And one other thing real quick about this, well, not necessarily this game, but about the Saints, is... Um, when we talked the other day, we, we, were, we didn't really get the chance. We ran out of time. We didn't really get a chance to do our um, um, our bold predictions. So I'm going to throw it out here now. My bold prediction was that the Saints are going to finish last in this division this year. So that is a bold prediction. That is a bold prediction. prediction. But it's not. But you already gave a bold prediction to the to the to the, to the viewers before then about somebody else. We'll get to that in a moment. But like I said, yeah. but like I said. When it comes to this matchup, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, the Saint, the Saints moving on from Breeze. Well, not moving on. Breeze called it career. And obviously, we'll see if Jameis Winston can keep can keep this team in the hunt. I actually have the Saints. While you have them as finishing last, I have them as the last seventh wild card. We'll see if that works. But obviously, we'll see what happens today. Like I said, it's going to be tough. They're not in their home, so it's going to be very difficult. Green Bay, it doesn't really matter where they play. They travel, and Rodgers is going to do very well. Like I said, they brought back Randall Cobb by by his by his suggestion. And Devontae Adams, he is playing in his last year of his contract. But like I said, it's going to be business as usual for the for the pack. I just think that if you're if you're you know if you're doing what you got to do, you got to do what you got to do here. So Green Bay wins, and the final score thirty three to seventeen. All right, we're gonna we're gonna you know quickly move on. We have about twenty five more minutes. 
Let's go to, we're going to go to Indianapolis. It's a new era. The return of Carson Wentz, now in a Colts uniform for the first time in his career. I said, we'll see what happens there. Seattle and Russell Wilson, they they quietly didn't have, they, even though they they didn't have that much of a, of a lot of talk, it was a tough offseason for that, for that franchise as well because of the fact that Russell Wilson was trying to get out of there as well like Rodgers did in Green Bay, though it didn't get as much it didn't give as much fanfare compared to that to, compared to there. So, big matchup here and another intriguing matchup. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with Russell Wilson, like you said, he was looking to get off the team this off season. Um, they wouldn't comply, so he's back. And we're, he's, you know, the reason why the reasons why he wanted to get off the team seemingly was one, they continuously put out a bad offensive line around him. And two, this uh, coaching staff's, you, you know, uh, maybe unwillingness to really open up the offense and let him cook, as they say, let Russ cook. But, um, you know, we'll see. I, I think this year, with the way he uh, tried to get out of town, I think they're going to open up the offense, and I think they're going to let him throw the ball a lot more. So that'll help out. The question I have, besides the offensive line, is their defense. It was pretty bad last year. And... That's going to have to improve if they actually want to be a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, one thing that they do have going for them, though, is Jamal Adams is back. You know, he's been a, he's been a he was a beast for them last year. He actually set the NFL record for most sacks in a season by a defensive back. He had nine and a half, and he did it in twelve games. So, you know, he was he was a beast, and they're going to need him to be a all pro if they really want that defense to do anything. He's going to have to be the cornerstone of that deep. Um, likewise, the Colts, they have a, a tough defense, so you know, they're going to be expecting to get past that uh, Seahawks offensive line and get after Russell Wilson, so we'll see how that turns out. I, I do expect some big plays from uh, DK Metcalf, but uh, this offense for Seattle might be a little bit sporadic today. You know, they might have a few series where they're sitting in like third and twenty situations because of sacks, and then they might have some series where maybe Russ throws a you know a seventy-yard bomb to DK. Um, but on the other side, the Colts, like I said, the defense is tough. But the, their big storyline is the debut of Carson Wentz for them, who hasn't had a great preseason. Let's face it, he's had. He's been injured. He's been on the COVID list. The um, the uh, media out there are, are already questioning him as a player and as a leader. Um, pretty much just what we've experienced with him here. So things aren't looking too great right at the moment for the Colts and for Carson Wentz, but he, he has a chance to quiet his critics at least for a week here if he can come out and have a big game. But in the end, I'm going with Seattle here. Um, I think they'll have enough big plays to um, score some points on this defense. And like I said, I think Wentz is going to struggle. I just, uh, I, I just have no faith in that guy anymore. So I'm going with Seattle here with a final score of, I'm going to say, 29 to 20. Well, I said I'll go quick here. Like I said, it's going to be critical. Could be the last year for Russell Wilson in Seattle. Like I said, he's had a great run, and obviously, you know, there, there are still expectations, but they're they're not 
favored to win to go out of the NFC and are not favored to win their division this year, even though they won it last year, mostly by default. If you look at it, like I said, I saw DK Metcalf. He looks like his hair looks like a snow cone. But like I said, just looking, just seeing what they can, what they're doing, and like I said, the offensive line, and then obviously defensively, they didn't make many changes. But even though Jamar Adams did do a great job last year as a defensive move on from a trade, he was probably the best defensive player from a trade last year. We'll see what happens this year for Indianapolis. They're really good team roster wise, but like I say, Carson Wentz is the question mark. Will he be the 2017 version with Wright that helped the Eagles win it all? Or will he be last year's version who's just going to be lacking confidence and being in the way? He's got an old line. He's got probably an even better old line than he had in Philly, to be honest with you. And like I said, he's going to have some weapons. You know, we'll see what happens. But it's going to be a critical game. It's going to be a tight game. But I'm, I agree with you. I think Seattle finds a way at the end on a field goal. It'll be a field goal game. They they go out there even though this is an east you know west you know early start but I'll go with Seattle here final score twenty seven to twenty four. All right, we're going to go to a big matchup. It's a rematch from last year in the regular season, but these two teams obviously couldn't meet again down the road or maybe not. I said the Buffalo Bills as they start their defense of the AFC East title. I said. Pittsburgh live expectations. They're coming off a terrible, a terrible end to their to their season. Which one time they were unbeaten at eleven and zero, and then they fell apart. Like I said, we don't think this Steeler team is going to be anywhere close to what that team was a year ago. Obviously, their competition is going to be tough. So, big matchup here in Buffalo early. Probably the best early afternoon matchup or the most intriguing. Go ahead. All right, so like you said, we're running out of time here, so and I don't want to miss time to talk about the Eagles and other stuff, so um, other games. So I'm just going to give you a quick score. Um, these two teams have met each of the last two years. The Bills won both games. This is the third year in a row that they're playing each other, and I think the Bills win again. So Buffalo wins, tight game, defensive battle, final score, 20-17. to 17. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle. Like I said, I mean, but I think I agree with you. I think Josh Allen finds a way at the end to to pull it, pull this off. Steelers are going to be tough, you know, but like I said, this is the beginning of a really tough schedule for them, and this is the first hard game. So Buffalo wins, and the final score, 26-20. to 20. All right, we're going to go to my game of the week. My game of the week, and it's kind of interesting because – why did I pick this as the game of the week? You might surprise, surprise you. The debut of Mac Jones. Mac Jones. He is now the new Patriots front runner and the starter moving forward. Obviously, Tua Tagovailoa for the Dolphins will be interesting to see what happens. But this is my game of the week, even though I don't get to see this game on regular TV. I have to watch it on the red zone. But big matchup here for both of these two teams looking to make the playoffs and even further in the AFC East. So go ahead. All right, yeah, I'll go quick here, too. Um, yeah, it's an interesting sort of matchup here, as, like, with um, the uh, the Bengals-Vikings game with uh, a lot of LSU players. We're looking at a lot of Alabama players going head-to-head here. You know, the rookie Jalen Waddle is going to see his two last two starting quarterbacks go head-to-head in Tua and Mac Jones. 
And um, it, it should be an interesting battle here. But, you know, Tua, like I said, I, I, don't have, I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Matt Jones, I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback either. But I think he's, he'll, he'll be a, a, maybe above average. And um, I think with this game, you're going to see a lot of sort of early Tom Brady sort of offense here where it's heavy running the ball, a lot of dink and dunk and play tough defense for the Patriots, and I think that'll be enough to get by Miami, especially since this game is in early September and it's in New England as opposed to being in Miami. If this were in Miami in that heat, it might be a little bit different, but since it's in New England, I'm sticking with the Patriots here, and a final score is going to be 23-16. to yeah, this is going to be an interesting. Like I said, this is my game of the week, so this is going to be interesting. Like I said, people think that, you know, what's his name? Nick Saban can't groom quarterbacks, and he's got three of them in the league starting as starters, So, and two of them today. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be, inter- it's going to be interesting. Like I said, Josh McDaniels is looking forward to working with Mac Jones. The reason why they got rid of Cam Newton technically was because of the offense that they wanted to run. And Cam Newton's offense wasn't, and he's not the same quarterback as Mac Jones. He would run the ball. He would want everybody to run the ball. And it doesn't work like that. Obviously, James White will be getting a lot of carries with Sony Michelle being traded to the Rams during this preseason. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Obviously, Jacoby Myers could be the big big receiver in this game, the law firm. Like I said, Jalen Wild could be very good. He has a chance to lead to lead all rookies in reception this year potentially. But it's up it's up to Tua and and how he and how he orchestrates. He doesn't have uh Fitz Magic behind him backing him up. So it's gonna be interesting to see how many games he wins on their own. But this is gonna be a trickle game. But I'm gonna go with but I'm gonna go with New England here. It's gonna be a Another field goal game and the final score, or actually, yeah, field goal game and the final score, twenty nine to twenty six. Okay, yeah. One other player I forgot to mention, another Alabama star that's playing today is um, um, Damian Harris for the Patriots, running back. He was uh, he looked for him to have a potential breakout season this year. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to the Sunday night game. And like I said, I if you watch if you listen to the Wednesday show, I had a lot of expectations for this team. Matthew Stafford finally gets his opportunity to prove how great a quarterback he really is on a contending team. And the Rams, like I said, they're trying to do what New England, what Tampa Bay did last year, host the Super Bowl. That's their goal. A lot of people think that it could happen. For the Bears, they also changed quarterbacks as well, though. The quarterback that's starting the day won't be the quarterback that will end the season, and that's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton will start, like I said, a critical matchup here, even though it's really not going to be too critical. So go ahead with the Sunday night matchup, Rams-Bears. All right, well, this one's my, uh, my lock of the week here. Um, the Bears, you know, I said it last year after, after the first month of the season, they were the biggest frauds in the NFL. They proved me right. You know, they snuck into the playoffs. They were frauds. And this year, they're no different, you know. Same, different different quarterback, at least for now, same result. You know, Andy Dalton's just as bad as Nick Foles. He's just as bad as, uh, as uh, Mitch Trubisky. He's a bum. And he's a guy who, once you pressure him, he falls apart. And they got a bad offensive line for the Bears, okay. Um, eventually, he's going to get benched. And he might even be benched by the fourth quarter of this game. But... Um, 
for now, he's the starting quarterback. On the other side, the Rams, they got the best defense in the NFL last year. Now, they lost their defense coordinator, but nonetheless, they still got a ton of talent there, and they got Aaron Donald, who's going to be all over Andy Dalton today. Um, on top of that, they went out and they replaced that bum quarterback that they had in Jared Goff with a, at least a guy with, with, that puts up numbers, you know, in Matt Stafford. I don't view him as a winning player, but he's a guy that can lead an offense. And with, uh, with uh, Sean McVay calling plays, I'm, I'm looking for him to have a big season this year, at least stats-wise. Um, and it will put the Rams in Super Bowl contention. So, yeah, this is my, my pick of the week here. This is, the spread here is eight and a half points for the um, the Rams are giving up eight and a half points, and I don't even care. That all that means is they have to win by two scores, which is as far as I'm concerned, it's a lock. They're going to win by two scores at least. So I got the Rams winning this game easy. Final score here is going to be thirty-eight to sixteen. Yeah, I I actually agree with you and even the score as well. I, I just think that. This is not a great Sunday night matchup. I just think the Bears are a little over their heads. The Rams are going to be one of the top three teams in the NFC. Hell, one of the top five teams in the NFL this year. And Matthew Stafford's going to prove his wealth, prove all those years taking a crappy franchise like Detroit and putting great numbers up. He's a 5,000-yard passer. He's a 40 He's he's thrown for 40, almost 50 touchdowns in his career at one point. The guy knows what he's doing. He's one of the great quarterbacks in this league that never did get appreciated. Like I said, Chicago's a mess. They're, they they don't want to start Justin Fields because they promised Andy Dalton. But that doesn't mean anything. I've seen a lot of quarterbacks get signed in March and don't even see the field. Remember Russell Wilson in his rookie year? They signed somebody to a big contract. He never started a game for them. So, like I said... I forgot the guy's name. You probably would. But like I said, at the end of the day, this is going to be a mismatch. I don't think the Bears have any chance. It's going to be a battle for like five seconds, and then the Rams are going to easily dominate. So Rams win easily, and the final score, 37-17. to All right, since you have your lock of the week, my game of the week, our intriguing matchup of the day. That's our new thing this year, intriguing matchup of the day. And this is a playoff matchup from a year ago. Browns and, and Chiefs. Last year they met, and the Browns nearly got to the AFC Championship game if they got by the Chiefs. Obviously, it's a new era for, for Patrick Mahomes. He has a brand-new O-line after the O-line failed him in the Super Bowl last, last in February. Obviously, for the Browns, there's a lot of expectations. For the first time in the late 80s, they're considered a team that could very well be playing in Los Angeles in Feb- on February 13th. So, big matchup here in the in the late afternoon. Intriguing matchup of the day. It's new. It's debuting. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so obviously this is a rematch of the playoff game from last year where Casey uh, beat, beat the Browns 22-17. Um, but one other thing, that one thing to keep an eye on with these two teams is the way they play in September. Um, the Chiefs, you know, and when Andy Reid was here, we used to get off the slow starts every season, but with the Chiefs, they are now they have now won 14 straight games in September. Patrick Mahomes is 10 and 0 with 32 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in the month of September for his career. So, you know, he's been about as perfect as you can get 
they also, like you said, they rebuilt their offensive line, which had some problems in the playoffs last year. Um, on the other side, though, KC, when it comes to season opening games, they have 16 straight season openers without a win. And since they uh, became a team again back in 1999, in season openers, they're 120 and 1 is their record. So it's been abysmal. <laughs> you know? And one thing with them that's been a problem, that was a problem last year, it was their defense. Um, they do since the last since the playoff matchup with the um, with the Chiefs last year. They do have nine new starters on their defense, so they're hoping to uh, really turn that defense around. And I think it will be a lot better this year. And in this game, I'm looking for Cleveland to come out, pound the rock, do as good as well as they can against Mahomes. If they can force a couple turnovers, they got a shot. And um, I think. Uh, History is going to change this 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 week with these two teams. I think uh, Cleveland's going to get get a couple turnovers, and I think they're going to actually get a win on, in a season opener. And I think Mahomes is finally going to get a loss in September. So I'm going with the Browns here with the slight upset, and I'm going to say the final score is going to be 27-23. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. You went that way. <laughs> like I said, I'll make it quick here because we got one more game to do. Obviously, it's it's interesting. Like I said, these are two opposite teams in September. In the Mahomes era, he's unbeaten, and he hasn't even been turned over. And for the Browns, since a rebirth, only one win. Like I said, it's not indicative of how they're going to be. Like I said, last year they got blown out by the Ravens by 32 in the first game, but we all saw how the season went. This is a, The Browns are obviously wanting to get off to a much better start this year with the expectations. This is a measurement kind of deal of where they sit in the AFC. I know they're going to be in the mix. They're going to be in the hunt. This is a very critical matchup. But I just think that this is a tough matchup for them. I just think that when you deal with with Mahomes, he feels very comfortable with his new O-line. And I think you're probably putting the loss on Chiefs just because of that. You know, he has to get used to it. But I think the Browns, they'll, they'll show up. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a war. It's a Nats, it's a Nance Romo game. So that's a big, big, so it's of course it's going to get national appeal. So at the end of the day, but I still think the chiefs, they're still the best team in the AFC until further notice until somebody beats them and they will win. It's going to be a close battle, but the final score is Kansas city, 32 chiefs of I mean, Kansas city, 32, the Browns, Cleveland, 27. All right, we're going to get to our last game. It's a kind of a new era in Philadelphia. The Eagles have a new head coach in Sirianni. Jalen Hurts for now, because a lot of people aren't confident in him, is the starting quarterback. And a lot of changes and a lot of situations, but, you know, teams are going to be good. We'll see what happens. The Falcons also have a new head coach in Arthur Smith and a new defensive coordinator, a guy I know very well in Dean Pease. And they're obviously, like the Eagles, in a rebuilding situation. They have some talent. And like I said, Matt Ryan's back for another year. Looking for another, you know, as a borderline Hall of Famer, put some great numbers up, and we'll see what happens. So quickly to this matchup, go ahead. All right. So um, obviously this is the, our big base matchup. And we're looking at two new head coaches going head-to-head here. Obviously Nick Sirianni on the Eagles side and Arthur Smith on the Falcons side. And um, – you know, I think Arthur Smith will be a good coach, but this isn't a good team right now for Atlanta. Even if they have Matt Ryan, you know, and Calvin Ridley's one of the best receivers in the NFL, uh, Kyle Pitts, at least talent-wise, 
as a prospect, could be one of the best pro- tight end prospects ever to come out in the NFL draft. But other than that, they don't have much. Their defense is bad. Their offensive line is bad. They got no running game. Um, I think they're going to have a tough year this year. And uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I think they're going to be better than they were last year, but they're just not going to be a, a great team. Um, nonetheless, this is the type of team that the Eagles need to beat. I picked them to win the division. If they want to win the division, you, they have to beat a team like Atlanta. So um, I'm looking at this one, and again, like I said with the Eagles, I thought we talked about it. I think their offensive line could be top five. I think their defensive line is top five in the NFL. I think we'll have they'll have a top ten defense, and um, they're going to build the offense around uh, uh, Jalen Hurts' strength. We're going to see a lot of. Uh, Raven style offense here with him with running the ball, rolling out, the whole deal. So uh, um, I think they're going to take advantage of this game. I think they're going to take advantage of their um, their lines, which blow away and, um, they, they, which blow away Atlanta's lines. The Eagles should easily win in the trenches, and that's going to be huge as long as um, as long as Hertz doesn't turn the ball over a lot, which fumbling was an issue for him last year. If if we don't turn the ball over much, I think the Eagles win this game and fairly easily. So I'm going with the Eagles here and a final score, 30 to 20. Like I said, I mean, I'm looking forward to this season and what the Eagles can be and what they're capable of doing. But like I said, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, these are two teams that are in rebuild, new head coaches. Like I said, I mean, I know you're very high on the Eagles. You're my, you're probably much more higher than I am because – you. Because even though you had a bold prediction of the Saints, that's probably a bigger bold prediction than anybody else. You and Tony Romo both have the Eagles in the playoffs. And uh, Kyle Brandt on NFL Network. I don't see it that way right now. This is a rookie coach with a, with a lot of new coaching guys. It's going to be very interesting to see how they mess and work. This is still a veteran team. There's still a lot of, a lot of pieces. Like I said, defensively, they're going to be better. Offensive line, they're going to be better. They have receivers. I think Devontae Smith's going to have a hell of a season. He may even have a hell of a game today. I, I, I'll even sit here and sit there. He'll have 100 yards today. I think he'll 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 go after that secondary quickly and often and will make it interesting. But the problem is the Eagles do not win in Atlanta. They only have one win here in the last six appearances, 2009. They This is their fourth. This is their fourth. Fifth, I think their fifth time in the, like, the last 25 years they're opening the season in the ATL. Like I said, Matt Ryan, he's unbeaten against the Eagles as a home guy, even though he's a home guy from Philly. Obviously, at the end of the day, I just even though I think the Eagles will show up and it will be a close game and it will be a battle, and I, see, and I do see the Eagles leading for a while, Atlanta's tough. At the end of the day, they're going to find a way. Calvin Ridley will get his touchdown. Kyle Pitts will will do something. I I I just I I have confidence that the Eagles will do well at times this year, but not today. As far as win, as far as them winning, so it'll be a close game. But I'm going to go with the Falcons, the home team, unfortunately, and the final score. Even though everybody in Philly thinks they're going to win, I, I I still have to believe it when I see it. So Falcons win and the Fal- and the final score thirty to twenty seven. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, we'll see y'all on Wednesday's look back, and we'll have a hell of a lot to talk about. 
I'm sure, you know, it'll be interesting. Everything that goes on today, we'll obviously talk about, discuss any major injuries, any situations. That's all we have. See y'all Wednesday. Enjoy the games today. All right, folks, the, the time y'all been looking for, everybody's been waiting for. The look back is back. We're looking back at week one. A crazy week in the NFL and what will be the biggest season ever. And a lot of crazy things, a lot of surprising things. You kind of know how week one normally goes. You see things you, you that we analyze and stuff, and it's not the same result when you see it. And for the Eagles, they fit that description. A lot of people, including yourself, your, your, including yourself, thought they could win this game on Sunday. Well, not only did they win... They dominated. Atlanta had no chance. By the end of the second quarter, the game was over. Eagles just dominated them in, on both sides of the ball. And obviously, a great game planned by Nick Sirianni. He called it a great game. Obviously, Jalen Hurts was very comfortable in the pocket. Ran when he needed to when it came to avoiding the pressure. And obviously, Devontae Smith, we know, is going to be as advertised. And like I said, defensively, they gave Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, no chance to do anything. Even though the first two drives, they they drove they drove down the field, but the defense and the secondary were were there ready to make a move, and they were to keep them from getting seven. They only ended up getting three, and that was it. Basically, by the fourth quarter, I turned the game off and watched something else because. There was no way in hell Atlanta was coming back, and they didn't. And they, the Eagles basically put, put them dead to rights at the end. So I know you're happy, unlike last year, how many times last year we were frustrated after watching Eagles games. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case this year on, on many occasions. Yeah, well... Um... We're obviously going to have to talk about Jalen Hurts and the performance he put up. But uh, so I'll talk about start with just the team in general. Um, you know, we, they came out a little bit slow in on defense, like you said. You know, they had some trouble stopping the run um, offensively. I mean, the only negative I can say is they they started off they had a number of stupid penalties on the especially on the offensive line. Um, I think a lot of it is, can be attributed to just the fact that. They didn't play their starters pretty much all preseason, which I don't agree with that, and it shows. I mean, luckily they played a team in the Falcons who aren't very good, and the Falcons didn't play any of their starters, so they had just as many stupid penalties. So, you know, it ended up evening out, and then once the Eagles got going, they they, they just, like you said, dominated the game. But, I mean, the bottom line, the Eagles dominated both lines of scrimmage. They did whatever they wanted offensively. Um once they slowed down the run, it was game over. You know, Matt Ryan couldn't do a thing. <laughs> you know, um, Calvin Ridley, the first couple of uh, series, he was getting open, and then they took him away, and that was it. Kyle Pitts did nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, aside from the stupid penalties, I'd say it was about as almost about as perfect a game as you could hope for the first game of the year. And I know the Falcons aren't a good team, but, hey, you know, that's that's good. As far as I'm concerned, it was good a good uh, tune-up for the season, and it was nice to get in there, get a nice win, um, and go from there. But um, but yeah, and 
I got to give uh, props to the coaching staff here too, man. Um, Nick Sirianni, well, both Sirianni and Gannon. I mean, they both called a great game. The, the plays that they designed were were they, they had some great play designs. Um, you know, they they were um, they were aggressive. They were um, you know they, they were they were the the, the, the the formations that we saw were different than pretty much anything we've seen a lot of times, especially here in Philly, which, you know, last year you're looking at Doug Peterson's bland offense and Jim Schwartz just running base defense the whole time. So, you know, they got after the, they got after it. The only other uh, negative I could say, aside from a couple bad punt returns, was um, the, the first time Sirianni went for it on fourth down, I was okay with that. The second time, you know, I, 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 was, I didn't really like that before they call, even called the play. Um, you know, they were already up nine. They could have kicked a field goal and made that a nice 12-point lead. And, you know, um, it, it is what it is, though. Bottom line, it was a near flawless game for them as a team. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, yeah, the penalties were a little aggressive, and I didn't like going for fourth down. It's almost like they kept some of Dougie P's old plays to go for it when they don't need to, you know. You know, it's very important to put up points, especially in games that's going to be close. And we all know that this is not how the the Eagles are going to play like this every week, and they're not going to get the same result every week. This was a pleasant surprise. And like I said, I mean, there's a lot of game balls that can go around. Like I said, Suriani, like I said, he's the seventh head coach that I've lived to see in the Eagles history. He's the fourth one to win his opening game. And obviously, but Jonathan Gannon should be the the big MVP of this game. The way he adjusted is something Jim Schwartz could never dream about. And he's and he's a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. I mean, if you look at the three greatest, the maybe the four greatest defensive minds in the franchise history: Buddy Ryan, Jim Schwartz, Jim Johnson. You know, you you know, it's not gonna you're not gonna learn in one week. You're not gonna be in one week a great defensive guy. But Jonathan Gannon is a young guy. Who obviously, you know, he's going to do a great job this in in, in here. Hopefully, he, he 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 has a long run here. But like I said, that was a great, you know, that was a great performance defensively. And like I said, after the first two drives, Atlanta really had nothing, you know. And like I said, Calvin Ridley's a guy that can obviously he could be in the top five or top three in, in receiving yards and even touchdowns this year. And Kyle Pitts is obviously a guy that's going to have a hell of a career and obviously is going to do well in some in some situations. The way they shut those two dangerous weapons down is even more shocking. Obviously, defensively, they didn't run defense and do great. You know, they did rush over 100 yards, and that's never good. But it really didn't matter because, you know, Steven Nelson was obviously a great pickup that you wanted for several months, and then eventually they did make it happen. And it just makes Darius Slay's job even more easier. Because Darius Slay had a great year last year, even though numbers-wise he only had one interception didn't do much. But he did – it's hard to – you know, he's one of the elite covered corners in this league. And Steven Nelson has a great history as well. He's a ball hawk corner. So, obviously, those two teaming together on, on both sides is going to make it hard for the passing game. And, you know, like I said, Atlanta, I can – sit there and say they have an elite passing game. You got Matt Ryan, who obviously has thrown for nearly 5,000 yards in this league before. And 
like I said, it's just a, it's just unbelievable how much you can look at what they've done and what they've put together. It was a great game, and obviously it's given me a, a different look of, of the Eagles, at least for this coming week, because a, a lot of us think the 49ers are going to win easily, but if you look at Vegas's numbers, they're not they're not it's not a given that that 49ers are going to come in here and and leave victorious on Sunday. So, like I said, I'm just I'm excited. I'm looking forward to at least what w- could happen. Yeah, well, you know, um, we'll see about what we when we talk on Sunday what we pick for the Niners game, but um um for at least a week here every, everything looked really good for the Eagles. So, you know, it was, it was a great start to the season, at least. Not like last year. I mean, yeah. they, the one thing that you can say about them compared to last year, and if you remember, I was blasting them after, like, week two. By the end of week four, I, would, I was proclaiming the season over because of this. Is you know, This team had no energy last year. You know, they had no heart. And you look at how they're playing right now. They played this week. You know, this, they, they, had a, they had a much different energy, man. It looked like they really wanted to win. It looked like they were confident. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback and really the head coach, too, because Doug Peterson, let's face it, man, he was burned out last year. Well, like I said, one, probably the biggest word you're going to hear from me in, about this is that they were healthy. The O-line is back. It's back. It's as good as... It's as good as it's going to get. You know, you have Barrett Brooks and Lane Johnson back healthy. Sam Malu is back healthy. Jordan Mariota is is the left tackle. It was confirmed when he got paid. He got paid as well. So the Andre Dillard project is is over. You know, forget about it. But I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall Howie Roseman at all because he did find a gem in in Mariota, obviously, and that obviously saves the embarrassment of drafting. Dillard a couple years ago. So, like I said, I mean, it, you know, Hertz had plenty of time to make plays. Obviously, in this league, you have to be a mobile quarterback. You know, the pocket passer still exists, but you got to move around and you got to create plays so you don't get sacked. And that's something that they struggled with last year because they didn't have a good old line and Carson Wentz had no confidence. It was a whole different deal. You know, anytime Jalen Hurts saw pressure or felt pressure coming, he started running and he started making plays on his own. And we know he's good. He's he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people are doubting. But, hell, he's, he, you know, he's a young guy, you know, and he and you can't look at what he did last year because last year we were already down the dumps by the time he took over. So it didn't matter. But this year, with all, with all everything going on, like I said, Zach Ertz, he, he, he's motivated to come back, like I said, you know, after should have been tra- traded. Dallas Goddard obviously has played like like an elite tight end. You know, like I said, Devontae Smith I mentioned. Quez Watkins did his thing. Jalen Rager even had a touchdown. Like I said, this offense can be very lethal if everybody stays healthy. And that's the big story. Can they stay healthy? Because this is not a very deep team and depth team. Anybody gets hurt on this team. They're gonna. It's gonna show up in the results down the road, and, and not in a positive way. But just just knowing that this team came in confident and healthy, and I really didn't have a lot lot of worries. You know, normally I get nervous about about Eagles games, but I wasn't because I I kind of know what I'm expecting and what I'm ex- and what I've seen. But we were both 
nor are they surprised. You had to be surprised. I mean, you knew they were going to win, but hell, nobody expected them to win 32 to 6. <laughs> you did you wouldn't think that either. So, you know, but it's 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 great. It's a great start. We'll see what happens. Like I said, this is their hardest part of the schedule is the first is the first 6 weeks. They have a lot they you know, like I said, their three their three first three home games are against teams with thoughts of goal of February 13th in Los Angeles. So, like I said, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be interesting and we're going to see how good deals really are at least in the first month of this season. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't expect them to have it, it took the game to be a complete blowout, but I did expect the Eagles to win fairly easily because the Falcons aren't a good team, and it's one of these games that if my prediction of the Eagles winning the division and comes true, this is one of these types of games the Eagles had to win. So, you know, it's a good start. Like you said, the next five weeks are going to be key. We got the Niners coming up, then the Cowboys, and we got, uh, what, the the um, Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, and then the Bucks on Thursday night on short week. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, they don't have any gimmies. I mean, the Panthers, I think, are a game they should win, and if they can win one of those other four, that puts them at three and three coming out of the toughest part of their schedule. From there, I can see ten wins if they can, if they can go three and three in the first six games. You know, I think 10 wins in this division is pretty much a lot to win it. The, yeah. That's talk about, obviously, the Redskins and um, Giants who are already in rough shape. And the Cowboys, you know, they could end up 0-2 to start the season. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the East isn't looking too hot. And, um, and well, obviously, you have to talk about some of these other games, but... You know, just one thing about last year, you were saying that the offensive line was bad. I mean, it, it wasn't great. It wasn't as good anywhere. It wasn't anywhere near as good as it had been in previous years. But some of that had it was on the quarterback, and you could see it between between yesterday and um, or yeah, yesterday on Sunday between the Eagles and the Colts. You know, Jalen Hurts was getting rid of the ball, making plays when he had to get out of the pocket. You know. He, uh, he got out of pocket. He was decisive. He still kept his eyes down the field. He didn't take stupid sacks. Meanwhile, the Colts, they looked terrible with Wentz there at quarterback. He was getting hit. You know, you, the pe- people in the Indianapolis media were saying how uh, they, never, they haven't seen this offensive line look so bad. And, you know, the only thing that's changed with that offensive line is who's sitting back there at quarterback. And, again, he led the league in um, – if you look at how long he held on to the ball, you know, he held, held on to the ball longer than any other quarterback week one. So it's uh, it was the same old story, and obviously we'll get into that game at some point. Yeah. Well, let's look at the NFC East. It seems like when I look at it, the more they, the more things change you think, the more they stay the same. Now, we both, we both watched Thursday night's game. I know you weren't at the game, but... I'm sure you 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 felt and saw some cowboy fans out there on Thursday. Like I said, watching that game, I mean the Cowboys. It was a great game. I mean it was it was a better game than than you and I ever thought it was going to be. And you know, give a lot of credit to to Mike McCarthy. You know, and Dak looked pretty good. He threw for over 400 yards, and obviously, but there's still the flaws of their defense. Their defense still sucks. 
especially on the secondary. This, the passing defense is going to be really bad. You have Trayvon Diggs, but Trayvon Diggs has no help. So guess what? You know, when there's a, when there's somebody out there in the, putting you know putting two on somebody on a receiver, they're going to have their way, and that's just not going to work for for Dallas to to contend. You know, they may win this division, but they're not going to go far in the playoffs unless they fix that secondary and get somebody in a trade or something to help out Trayvon. When you look at when you look at Washington, once again the quarterback position it's a question mark. Ryan Fitzpatrick's Washington career might have only lasted 20 minutes. I mean, come on now. You know, he he flicked, he breaks his hip. And I don't even know how in a hard hit, you know. And, you know, your boy Heineke, you know, Heineken as you call him, you know, he's a decent, he's a decent quarterback, but he's a backup quarterback. He's not a guy that you're going to trust in the, in the long run. I mean, even though he played the playoff game, Last in January, last January, that doesn't mean you trust him long term. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night if he can be that guy that can help keep Washington in the mix. Obviously, defensively, we know this. There's not many weaknesses there, and that was a really interesting game game against against the the Chargers that they could have won by themselves if they had a better quarterback. And then there's the Giants. Oh my God, what the hell was I watching there? I I saw. It's Dandy, Dandy Dimes is not the nickname. It's Dandy Fumbles. He did the same BS that he did l- the last several years. He fumbled the ball in the red near the red zone. The O-line, no protection. Saquon was not com- comfortable. He he was he's been very un- been very shaky since he came back from the ACL tear. He might not be fully healthy. He wasn't comfortable in that game and you know, he carried the ball 10 times for only 30 yards. So, you know, and and then and then, like I said, Joe Judge did something moronic because he he's a moron himself. He decided on a touchdown that looked questionable by the Bronco by a Broncos receiver. He decided to challenge the touchdown, which you don't do in the NFL. And he's not a rookie coach, so I don't understand why. You know, Giants. Like I said, if Gelman is not fired by before the end of the season, then there then you know I don't know what the hell to tell you. Because they're a mess. That that was ridiculous. So if you really look at the NFC East, everybody has flaws. We have our flaws. We've talked about this constantly. But if the Eagles just keep it up and they have the, the, the division to themselves after their bye, which is later in this year in three months, you know, it's a long bye, boom, this division is theirs. It's theirs and they should easily win this division at, at that point. Yeah, well, um, yeah, like you said, the Cowboys, they're pretty much the Eagles' only competition in the division at the moment. Um, you know, they, they can put up points, or I should say they can move the ball. I mean, they didn't really put up that many points against the Bucks, but, you know, they moved the ball, like you said. Dak looked good overall. He threw for 400 yards, just like he did pretty much every game last year until he got hurt. But it means nothing when your defense is awful and you have no running game, and the system that they run, I mean, it's, it's designed to throw 50-plus passes a game. So a guy like Dak, with the receivers he has, he should be throwing for 400 yards every game when they're throwing it that much. But it's not the type of system or anything that's going to result in a lot of wins, you know. And until uh, Jerry Jones realizes that Mike McCarthy's a fraud, 
and that his system sucks, and that's why he got canned out in Green Bay. Um, you know, they, they are what they are. They're going to be like a, maybe a 500 team. Um, the Redskins, like you said, one game into the year, they already lost their starting quarterback, Fitzpatrick, who, let's face it, wasn't that good as a starting quarterback anyway. He was bottom tier in the NFL among starters. I would put, I'd place him. And um, now they're turning to Heineken again. And let's face it, man, if they have to play 16 games with Heineken at quarterback, they're going to be lucky to win six out of the rest of the all year. So, you know, they might have the defense. It doesn't matter when your quarterback is, is bottom of the barrel, <laughs> you know. And then lastly, the Giants. <laughs> yeah, like you said, they're awful. And Danny Dimes, I'm calling him Danny Pennies, man, because he's a one out of ten in my book. <laughs> you know? So, he's awful. Joe Judge, like I said last year, even when they were somewhat in the playoff race, which, you know, really was only because the division was so bad, I said that guy was a fraud last year. He looked, the whole team looked bad, but, you know, like you said, he made some stupid decisions as a coach. Um, and that team's going nowhere. They're, they're just another, they're another, you know, probably going to be picking in the top ten next this year, just like they did last year. So, you know, we're looking at two, two fad teams and one average team and whatever the Eagles are. Yeah, it's pretty much... We'd have, we, that's enough about the NFC East. But as shocking as the as bad as, as the NFC East is, and it looks like it's going to be bad again this year, they're not the worst division in football. The worst division in football is the NFC North. None of the teams won on Sunday. <laughs> and the biggest shocker of them all, Aaron Rodgers might have been the worst quarterback that played of anybody on Sunday. Even worse than Heineken. I mean, damn. I don't know. Like I said, we the offseason had to be one of the craziest offseasons I can remember when it comes to an elite quarterback and and his situation with his organization. And you can tell that things weren't going well from behind the scenes. But all I thought about watching that game against the Saints and him getting his ass whipped was the fact that he opted in. He could have gotten a trade out of that t- out there. He could have gotten a trade out of there, but he refused. He stayed loyal. And now that loyalty is going to cost him this year. It was a bad game. It was a terrible, terrible look. The Saints, even though, yeah, Winston, everybody's all excited about him, but he only threw for 150 yards despite he throwing five touchdowns. It was very pedestrian performance, even though, yeah, the Saints won big. It was a very pedestrian performance for him. That just tells you how bad things are for Green Bay. So, my my take my ask my question to you is: Is Green Bay really in trouble with Aaron Rodgers this year compared to last year and what we've see, seen? And how bad is the NFC North? Could they even be worse than the NFC East? Yeah, well, um, Green Bay. I mean, they'll turn it around. Obviously, like you said, Aaron Rodgers and the whole team look bad, but you know, it is what it is. They, everybody has bad games and. I wouldn't just throw them in the garbage because they, they got blown out opening week. I mean, let's face it, there's another team that played that doesn't play any of their starters all preseason. They come in um, against a team in the Saints that 
at, least, at the very least, they have a really good coaching staff. I mean, like you said, James Winston, he, he threw for five touchdowns, but he didn't really have to do much. But, hey, you know, their defense harassed Aaron Rodgers. The team looked bad. Rodgers turned the ball over a lot, and they, they, they're off to an 0-1 start. But like you said, this division's not very good, you know. Detroit's a bad team. Chicago, like I said, is a bad team. And Minnesota, they're just they're pretty much the same team as they were last year. They're not a playoff team. So, I mean, Green Bay, they're still going to win the division. And from there, you never know what can happen in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, the complete opposite of the, a- of the NFC North was the NFC West. Nobody lost. And Arizona might have had the most surprising win of, of week one or the most surprising performance. As much as you've been on, on Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury this offseason, they, they look no – it was the complete opposite of what you thought of them. They absolutely dominated a team that won their division in their house. Yeah, on Sunday, and it was ver- and Chandler Jones, another of many disgruntled players, he played his ass off. He played like he wanted to get paid, and and Arizona may have no choice but to pay him with five sacks and three in the first quarter. I mean, that was a dominant game there, and then obviously Seattle beat Indianapolis. You know, no surprise. You know, Russell Wilson is you know he he's he's Wentz's bitch. He always he always beats Wentz. San Francisco, who we play on Sunday, they they dominated the Detroit, but also in return they they also stepped their foot off their gas at the end and nearly and it nearly cost them. And then a great debut for Matt Stafford and for probably the best team I think the best team in the NFC is right now in in the in the Rams. It was a dominant performance on both sides of the on the ball, and like I said, now. I know we look at I, I said this before and I'm gonna say this again this year. With the way the playoffs are structured, everybody in, in a single division can make the playoffs. There's three wild cards. You already know that. So am I kinda out left field or am I or am I closer to, to the possibility that the entire NFC West will make the playoffs this year? Well, um, it's never it's never going to happen that an entire division makes the playoffs, but three teams could. That's that's definite a definite possibility. Um, and like you said, Arizona, they probably had the most impressive win of pretty much any team. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's one game, but you know they, they they look great for one week anyway against a good team in Tennessee or a team that's supposed to be good, I should say, in Tennessee. Um, and then Seattle. Yeah, they, they took it to Wentz, man. Wentz looked terrible. Um, the only thing I'm worried about with, well, with this game, but with the Colts is just the fact that we're, we're supposed to get the, hopefully get the Colts first round pick, but if they keep playing like that, they're eventually going to bench Wentz and we're not getting that pick. But either way, Seattle took it to him and Frank Wright can't be happy. And I know that town isn't too happy right now, especially with Wentz. Um, San Fran, yeah, like you said, they get they they really were beaten down on the Lions, and then all of a sudden they just took their foot off the gas, and the Lions almost came back. So, you know, props to the Lions for at least staying in there and, and playing hard till the end. You know, more than I thought they'd do. And then, yeah, the Rams, 
that, that game was my lock of the week. I said, take the Rams. I said that was a gimme. And it turned out exactly how I thought it would. The Bears are, are garbage. Um, Andy Dalton is garbage. And he got they got crushed by that Rams defense. Stafford had a big debut. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly how I thought that game would go. Yeah. But, like I said, I wouldn't look too too deep to think that you know, with three wild cards, the whole entire NFC West could, like I said, when I put my predictions on Facebook, the worst record was eight and nine, and that's pretty impressive. If if you're eight and nine, and you know, hell, that might somebody might win the division with a worse record than that. I mean, eight and nine when you're making the playoffs, I mean, missing the playoffs is not a shame, but it it'd be kind of a sh- you know shamble deal, but. Like I said, I know Arizona has a lot to prove because they did fall down the they did, you know, fall off the map there at the end of the at the end of the year last year. They were a playoff team and they just couldn't finish in December and that cost them a playoff spot. So, they know that they need to, you know, it's a tough division. It, none of those games are going those games are going to be tough. They're going to be physical. You know, Arizona knows that they got to win at least four games in this division if they're going to have any chance at playing past January 9th. So, I mean, this was a great start. It's a great impression, but we'll see what happens. But I have no worries in in the other three teams. I think all I say any of those three teams are going to make it and obviously there there's there's a spot possibly where the NFC champion might come out of this division. So, like I said, we move on to the AFC side and you know, there was a few things that surprised me, you know. I can't believe Houston Texans won. But then again, they played the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, already there's rumors that Urban Meyer wants out. of wants out. People want him fired before he even did anything. UFC fired their head coach in college. And, hell, they're talking about they're, – they're mentioning Urban Meyer going back to college already after one game. You can tell how, how terrible that's going to go. So, so congratulations to Houston. Somehow the Hotches holding Deshaun Watson Hotches is not going to hurt hurt them as much as you would think. But obviously, you know, maybe the most shocking surprise defeat, and you might be surprised as much as we were of the Eagles winning the way they were, were how the Buffalo Bills lost to the Steelers. Now, it's no shame losing to the Steelers, but we didn't think the Steelers were going to be that great this year. And the first half, the Steelers struggled. They were struggling. The Buffalo Bills were dominating them on, on the on the line of scrimmage and everything else, and Big Ben wasn't getting the ball out. And like I said, it was a it was a struggle. But all of a sudden, adjustments made. Like I said, Steelers are a veteran team, and then all of a sudden they turned this game around and they outscored them. They scored twenty unanswered and surprised Buffalo. So I mean. There's a lot of lot of hype for Buffalo. A lot of thoughts of them going to Los Angeles and Josh Allen being the MVP. This wasn't a good look. And there's and if I'm a Buffalo Bill fan, I'd be a little concerned. What do you What do you think? Yeah, well, it's definitely a tough loss for the Bills. Um, I mean, the Steelers are, are like you said, they're a good team, though, man. I mean, would they go 12 and four last year? And uh, they're not some cakewalk. They got one of the best defenses in the league, and they got players on offense. Um, the Bills got off to a nice start. Where they were up ten and ten nothing at the half, but 
they, they blew it in the second half big time. So, you know, it's, it's a learning experience. They'll, uh, they'll turn it around. You know, I, I got, I got, I'm not worried about that team at all. They obviously are good enough to, you know, hang in there with the Steelers and really should have won the game if they hadn't, I don't, I don't know what happened to them in the second half, but, you know, if they had played the second half like they played the first half, it would have been an easy victory. But, hey, the Steelers are one of those teams, especially Ben Roethlisberger, man. You let them get hot, and um, and and they can they can really take it to you. So the Steelers are good. Like I said, that NFC North when we talked the other day, it, it, I, I picked uh, actually I picked the Steelers to be the, a wild card team. I, I told you I think one of those three teams between the Steelers, uh, Browns, and Ravens are going to have a bunch of injuries and miss the playoffs. I picked, I told you I thought the Ravens would be the odd team out. and They're not looking too hot either right now, man. I mean, they they had a rough one there on Monday night. So, you know, lots of injuries with that, at the running back position and their running team. So we'll see. But it was a good week for the Steelers, bad week for the Ravens. Yeah, and then and then there's the Cleveland Browns who, you know, like I said, they they played a great game against Kansas City, but unfortunately, when you have to deal with the Rocket, especially in that building with those with those fans, unbelievable how 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 loud it was there at the end, and that they willed they willed them back to a victory, and it's still the status quo for that team, Kansas City and 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 um and Mahomes is. Still unbeaten at in the opening month with no interceptions, and the Browns, since their rebirth, only has one win to open the season. Not an indication of how the season is going to go, but like I said, Cleveland Browns. I mean, I can't be upset about how they lost, but you know, because that's a tough place to play anyway. And you know, obviously, you, you know, it may not matter if if they end up with a better record come come the end of the season, but. It's still t- it's still tough because, like I said, a lot of people think that these are the two best teams in the NF- in the AFC, and obviously, they played like it for for most of the game. But goes goes to show you how tough how tough home field advantage will be for especially in that conference. So, like I said, an- another game we watched there was New England and Miami. That was my game of the week, and it actually lived up to it. To a great game, great defensive-minded game by Belichick and Brian Flores. They went back and forth. The young quarterbacks. I mean, Mac Jones looked impressive, but obviously, for people who think that this is a team that's going to go very far, remember he's a rookie and he's got to learn. And he's got to learn, especially knowing that he's got to play against against the, the the longtime Patriot coming on Week Four on Sunday night. Obviously, that's going to be a learning curve, and a lear- and and he's going to go to the learning tree big time. Obviously, a great game for for you know a, a solid game for Miami and Tua. You know, like I said, the jury's still out if he's going to make it or not in this league. He had an okay game. He played okay. Like I said, I don't, I don't know if if either of these two teams, but if you look at the AFC East, you know Buffalo is obviously we think are the best team, but. Who you think had the best chance to stop Buffalo in the long t- if, if, if in this in this division come later in the year? Yeah, well, um, 
you know, with this game, you know, I'm, I, like I said before, I'm not really impressed with either of these two quarterbacks when it comes to talking about like a, a franchise quarterback. I don't think Tua is a very good quarterback at all. I think Mac Jones could be like a, a nice game manager, but not a franchise type. But yeah, I mean, I think when you're if you're looking at who would have the best chance at beating the Bills or finishing with a better record than the Bills. I, even though they lost, I'd still go with the Patriots. Um, I mean, they only lost by one point, let's face it, and this is the first start of his career for Mac Jones. So, you know, it's not like they got they had some veteran quarterback out there and they played terrible like the Packers or something. But, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll look at what they did and improve on it. Um, Damian Harris had a nice game, though, at running back. He's the one player on either offense I could say actually played well. He had 23 carries, 100 yards, you know, and I think he had a fumble there, so he's got to work on that. But otherwise, he's the one player on either of these two teams I, on offense I can say, hey, this, at least this guy looks like an NFL player. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was okay, five receptions, 72 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> so, you know, it's not bad. He, well, um, well, a, a, a lesser receiver than him was out there on still on the Patriots, Nikhil Henry. <laughs> he even had a reception. He's done little to nothing in this league. At least, at least Aguilar played in a Super Bowl and, and contribute, but Nikhil Henry is the worst receiver that gets starting job in this league. So, you know, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, and like I said, I think New England's going to be decent. Can they make the playoffs? It's possible, but it's going to be tough because this AFC is very difficult. Remember, there's only there's only room for seven, and eight teams won ten games last year. New England has to over; they have to leap through some of these teams if they think they're going to win. And like I said, Miami, it's hard to win in New England anyway. Still, and in the Belichick era, Miami hasn't won there very much. So this so this is a very this is kind of an upset if you look at it in theory. So, all right. Yeah. So we we kind of covered most of the teams. We're gonna do two things this year on the look back that we normally that we haven't done before. And obviously, we're gonna still do other things and come up with other ideas. But you're gonna do we're gonna do something now that we will do probably every week. The two things, and we're gonna start with the first one, and that is. Give me your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment from week one. It could be anything. Well, the biggest disappointment, I mean, you could go one or two ways there, but, I mean, the obvious one is, is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, they just they got completely shredded. So, I mean, that would be the biggest disappointment for, for me for week one, really for pretty much everybody. Um, the biggest surprise... I, I don't know if you'd want to call it a surprise, but I guess you could say it, it is. It was just the the um, Texans blowing out the the Jaguars. I mean, it's two bad teams, but, you know, the Texans, we thought were probably the worst team in the NFL. And they played they played well, man. Like you said, Urban Meyer, there's already rumors that he might be leaving the team and you know, there's there's been rumors that the team, the players don't like him, and at least he's. I mean, I don't see him lasting past this year if he even makes it to the end of the year. But yeah, I would say just the 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 way um, 
played against the worst, possibly one of the worst teams in the NFL, I should say. Yeah. Now, something you you requested and we we obviously agreed on is since you're you are a big fantasy guy, big fantasy football, as much as a billions of Americans in this country and around the world. Obviously, we're going to do something different this year. We're going to obviously we're going to talk about fan, a fantasy question, and I have a fantasy question, and I'm going to you know give it to you, you know. And sure. like I said, he he's going to be a part of our team. Welcome, Jonathan Smith. He's going to you know when you take off, you're going to take off at one point during the season, and he's going to replace you for for a week or two. So his question that he got is about Aaron Rodgers. And he and he and he wasn't happy. I you know somebody, you know, he was I think he was his quarterback, obviously didn't do very well. So his question to you is do you think he can bounce back with twenty five fantasy points over over or under 25 fantasy points this weekend? Well, it kind of depends on the on the scoring system for your league, so it's hard to say. If, it, if you're talking about a league where you get six points for passing touchdowns, then um, if, uh, either way, I think he's, he's going to have a big game now. But, yeah, again, the scoring system for leagues are a little bit different. So um, in terms of points, I think he'll score 25 points regardless, but um, either way, I think he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns this week against Detroit. At the same time, they might get it. They might get up big and just run the ball, and the yardage might not be there for him. But nonetheless, I could, I definitely 25 points. But if you're talking about a league that scores six for touchdown passes as opposed to four, then I see 30 plus coming out of him. I see four touchdowns easy. All right. Well, I'll pass it along to him, and like I said, we'll take it and leave it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that's going to be new this year. You know, tw- you know, we, at least we could do as many. You know, we have a lot of time here. We've done very good time and time. We could do maybe as many as one, maybe three, two. You know, depending on on time constraints. But that's the fancy question of the week. And we will, I will continue to advertise that. And hopefully, you know, every week we do this program, we'll come up with more fantasy questions and stuff. And like I said, Jonathan Smith, a very important part of, you know, uh, you know, help, he's going to help out from time to time with this program. You know, like I said, he's like my hired gun. I still don't pay him, though. But like I said, we'll see. Like I said, we've covered pretty much all the bases here in this first in this first look back now we are into Thursday night football let's look at it like this Thursday night football it's it's going to be on Fox but not not yet it's going to be on NFL network for the rest of this month and the first game on the regular Thursday night deal scratch the opening night and Thanksgiving Washington and the Giants, two teams that obviously did not impress in week one for the so plus for these two teams being division contenders, even though it's just one week and and they can fix it. They damn sure didn't play well enough 
at all in any situations. And they will play each other this week. Washington, it's been a struggle against the Giants over the last few years. So, like I said, a big matchup here on Thursday night football. So go ahead with this sad matchup. Yeah, so yeah, this is a garbage matchup. Let's face the facts. But it's a Thursday night game, so I'll have to give you a um, a rundown of it. So yeah, Danny Penny's man. He's uh, he, he's he's gonna have a tough time in this game. They got a bad offensive line, and like you said, he's a fumble machine. He's going up against the top of the line defense here in Washington. They're gonna be all over him. They're gonna he's, they're gonna force a lot of turnovers. Um, now, Taylor Heineken, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's not good, but he should be good enough to win this game. Um, like I said, there's, there's, when you talk about the turnover battle, I expect three or four turnovers from the Giants, which should put uh, the Redskins in short field position a lot, which will make it a lot easier on Heineken and that offense. And um, I know his name's Heineke, but I'm just... I know, I know. <laughs> it's hilarious. Bomb, I don't care. Um, but, yeah, one stat, you know, I always like to throw stats, and I, uh, I dig down for this one just because it's a bad game, but I found one here for you that's a little bit different. Um, Daniel Jones, he is, in his career, he's 4-19 against the rest of the NFL outside of Washington. But against the Redskins, he's 4-0. So, you know, he has yet to lose to the Redskins. There's one thing I can say not good about him. But this is going to be his first loss regardless. Like I said, it's not going to be a good game. And it's going to get pretty ugly, I think, for, for the Giants offense here. So um, I think uh, Washington wins, and they win pretty easily. I'm going to say the final score here is going to be 27 13. Like I said, I mean, these are two teams that really did not impress me at all in week one. Like I said, the Giants were a mess. They were atrocious, especially in the second half. You know, you would think they had a chance against Denver, but if you watch the game, Denver just dominated them long term, and Joe Judge just did not coach well at all and made a stupid mistake on a coaching, cost his team a timeout, and and, and whatever momentum they were going to have or if they think they were going to have. And yeah, Danny, Danny Fumbles, that's his new nickname. Danny Fumbles just absolutely did that again on a bad old line. And, you know, Saquon's just not comfortable or anything else. It's It, it feels bad for guys like Kenny Galladay and Kyle Rudolph who are two great receivers and are wasting their time on a team that's going really, that might not be going that far this year. Dang in hell. They haven't gone far in the last nearly half decade. They haven't made the playoffs since 2016, and they ha- and they've lost double-digit games since 2017 each and every year. For Washington, like I said, you know they it's the question is quarterback and high and Heineke is the is going to be the starter moving forward. There's rumors about Cam Newton. Hell, there was a rumor about RG three. I saw online he hasn't yet retired, but. He's, he's all about joining in, but right now Washington's a team that's trying to get their their put their stuffs together and try make and see what they are in this division and, and around this league. They still have a very solid defense, and that defense will hunt Danny Dime, uh, Danny fumbles, and they'll probably fumble. He'll probably intercept 
a few passes. You know, like I said, Heineke just has to play a smart game. Like I said, you know, Terry McLaurin is obviously a, 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 a has a chance to have, be an elite receiver in this league. He obviously, you know, he had a decent game on Sunday. You know, Antonio Gibson ran the ball not too great, but, you know, he should run the ball a little better. Even though, you know, the Giants' D-line's not too bad, but, it you know, the jury's still out. But, like I said, these are two teams that were at the top of the NFC last year of the top of the NFC East last year, but the problem is they both have the same problem. They don't score a lot of points, and neither of the team scored a lot of points. The, you know, Washington only scored 16, and the Giants only scored 13 on Sunday. So if you're looking at it, it's going to be a slow burn struggle to get offenses going, defensive turnover battle. Pretty much this is going to be a turnover battle. And at the end of the day, like I said, you know, Danny Fumbles has had a lot of success against Washington compared to the rest of the league. But obviously, this is a, a short week, a night game. And like I said, weather is going to be a factor. It's going to rain. Could be thunderstorms, a couple thunderstorms as well. So that also plays a role. I'm going to go with the home team as well. But I don't think 27 is going to do it. I think, in theory, if you really look at the score and the schedule and the situation... I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a field goal game, and I'm gonna go with Washington to finally put put you know finally get over Dan Daniel Danny boy Danny dumb dumbass when it comes to how he plays the game. So Washington wins on a field goal and the final score nineteen to sixteen. Yep, that's how I look at it. So, first look back in the books. I hope you all enjoyed it. Like I said, our new feature, our two new features, surprise and disappointment. And also, Matt asks, answer your fancy questions. Hopefully, we did it. We did it in a shorter time than I thought. And we will come to you, like we like always, on Sunday at 12 to get ready for week two. Week two, and should be very interesting to see what that will look like. So, hope you all enjoyed this episode. We'll put it up, up on all, all of our platforms soon, and see y'all Sunday, or some of y'all Sunday. Most of y'all next week. 